Amen. Praise God. Uh, let me share a verse with you. Um, it's in John chapter 4. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Praise God. I like to encourage people to act on stuff. You know, whenever someone gets baptized in the Spirit, you know, if you've been in the services where people come and they receive the gift of the Holy Spirit up front here, you've heard me many times say, as soon as we're done, I said, now, now go find someone who's sick and put your hands on them. Because it's connected to Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, which is miracle power. And I said, you just, been, you just received the power of God. He's a person, but he's also powerful. I said, so go put, place your hands on somebody and watch the power go out of you into them. Right? Try to get everyone to do that right away. So you know what's, what normal Christian life is like. Right? Because <laughs> many people have been, we've been taught wrong. We've been taught, you're a Christian, that you go to church and give your tithe. Well, that's just part, like a small part of it. Being a Christian is about the life of God. It's about Him being in you. It's a relationship. It's Him working through you. So you got to put yourself in a position, because God is a faith God, where you step out to be used. Okay, so we've sought the Lord tonight concerning some things. So now find a way to, to, to put a demand on that. That was some of the tongues and interpretation that I had is the Lord said, uh, put, put a demand on the power. What do you mean a demand? I don't mean you're demanding God in, this, in some kind of authoritarian. No, I, you put a demand on something. You know how you would plug something in the wall. You put a demand on the electricity by plugging it in and turning something on. God is always on. But we put ourselves in a position where, you know, sink or swim. You know, I'm stepping out of the boat, and I'm either going down or God's going to show up and help me walk on water. Kind of, you know what I'm talking about? Uh, you put yourself in a position where you're going to minister, you're going to speak, you're, you're, you're telling the Lord, I'm going out to do this, and I'm expecting you to fill my mouth. Because he, he loves people, by the way, more than we do. Even your kids, even your relatives, family, spouse, he loves them more than you do. And when someone's hurting, when someone needs something, and you put yourself out there to say, Lord, I'm ready to be used. I'm making myself available. I'm going to go. I'm going to pray. I'm going to talk. I'm going to do this. Uh, and so I'm expecting you to show up. I need you to show up. Say, so, well, how do I know if he's going to? Come on, man. Do the math. This is his idea. You are his idea. People don't put themselves out there to serve or give or pray as a general rule. Planet Earth is full of selfish people. And if you are moving out beyond that to say, Lord, use me, work through me, what do you think is driving that? It's not the devil. <laughs> well, I don't want to put God up to some kind of test. Yes, you do. I'm not talking about making something up, but taking him at his word. Yes, you do. You want to say, I'll prove God. I'll demonstrate, not by just pulling something out of the air, but I can speak his word. I can pray. 
pray. I can lay hands on sick people. I can say, hey, Lord, the Holy Spirit's here to show me things to come. That's a word of wisdom. So here I go. I'm going to go talk to people and you're going to fill my mouth and you're going to show me things about them. <laughs> I see that. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, uh, but come on, I know, I know how the flesh, the flesh thinks, ooh, I don't know. What if he doesn't show up? What if he does? What if God starts working in your life like never before? What if these are the last of the last days? What if the Lord is coming soon and there is a great revival that's happening? I don't know, like now. Well, as soon as God moves, I'll do it. Maybe he doesn't move until we move. I know there's sometimes it seems like he goes first, but I've found many times that it seems like he doesn't go until I go. Meaning I take a step of faith and then he shows up. I pray and then he answers. And I know you can get theological on it and you say, well, God stirred you up to do that. Uh, probably so. Again, the very fact that you want to hear from him, the very fact that you want to be close to him, the very fact that you want to be used of him, that's God. That is so God working in you. I haven't even heard from God. Yes, you have. If you've called upon him, you've heard from him. I have a high suspicion that the fact that any of us are even here tonight is because we've heard from God. Now, maybe it wasn't a voice, but most of the time when I hear from God, it doesn't come in some kind of audible voice. It's a knowing. It's, I find out as I'm going, that's the Spirit of God leading me. Every single person in here has heard from God. You have heard from God. I've known people who are very... I don't know, they don't, didn't seem super spiritual or super prophetic. And I can tell you times when I can tell for sure they were hearing from God. Amen. I was going to try to read something, but uh, <laughs> it, it fits with what I'm saying. So it's not like we're going a different direction. Uh, this is just one of my favorite places to be. Did I tell you that? I know our church, you know, even with all the funky stuff that went on this year, this is a really good church. And I don't say that because I, it's not just because of what I do. I'm just, I mean, it wouldn't, if I was by myself, it wouldn't be a great church. <laughs> great things are happening here. And, and I appreciate all of you. And, and I know to have a midweek service that attracts a, a crowd is hard to do in a lot of places. It really is. And I, you know, I understand that we have way more people on a Sunday. We're doing three services. And yes, sometimes I want to slap people for not coming more. <laughs> I'll just, this is just between us, right? <laughs> this is not live or anything. We can just talk. And I want to say, what are you doing? This is more important than whatever you got going on. And you see Sunday morning, you're not seeing everything that God does. You're seeing only one aspect, one, th one way of, of, of what God does. Come and hunger and desire more. But maybe that's why this service can be so enjoyable, because those who come want to. <laughs> 
really want to be here. But anyway, you know, when we have guest speakers in and, and different ones uh, from time to time, and often they come in on Wednesday nights as opposed to Sunday, but they're all, these are people who travel, you know, a lot. That's their primary ministry is traveling. They all really praise you guys and say good things about, uh, I've had different ministers, when I pull in, they say, what are all these, how come, are all these cars the people already? Because we come early and, you know, and, and they're like, the parking lots are all already full. And they're shocked because they think, oh, I'm coming in on a Wednesday night. We're just going to have us four and no more. And, <laughs> and no one, and, and usually, you know, on a, usually have a guest speaker on a Wednesday night. It's usually packed. And, uh, and anyway, I'm just telling you that because I think God's doing something great here. I believe it's not just for here. It's going to go all over the place and go all over the country and the world and other places. There are other places that God's doing amazing things too. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but we are one of them. And, and some of it's going to be like a spark, like a wildfire that goes out from here. And, uh, you know, it's kind of like Samson when he took those foxes and tied their tails together and lit them on fire. I know that's hor- horrible to think about, but he did that. Remember, he wasn't super mature. <laughs> and that's really dangerous when you got someone immature and as strong as he, he was. <laughs> It's like I heard one time, someone told me they read an article and they said, they said, the, they said the, according to this study, they said the most insecure people find themselves as police officers, preachers, and something else. I thought, yikes. <laughs> it's like the, the, the people with guns, <laughs> legally, you know, are... And preachers, of course, an insecure preacher is not a good thing because that would be, they can be manipulative and all kinds of stuff. And uh, I don't know where that came from. <laughs> Samson, that's where it came from. And uh, when he lit those foxes and it burned up the fields, you know, that's a picture of New Testament people catching the fire of God and lighting up the harvest. And, and it's not a destructive fire in that way. It's a good thing. And as we catch the fire of God in here, as individuals or even as teams, couples, could be husbands and wives, could be other teams, we go out. And what two, you know, you get two running together with their tails tied together, you kind of, <laughs> you cover more ground, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> but God does like to use people in groups. You know, when the Lord dealt with me about uh, our healing teams uh, years ago, uh, dealt with me about training people to minister healing to the sick on Sunday mornings. And so we end our Sunday morning services every week, and we have teams of people. But it, it, was, it wasn't that we should have individuals praying, but we should have teams of two. So we called them healing teams. And, uh, and that was the way that I believe the Lord wanted us to do it. And so we have done it that way. And it's scriptural. It's biblical to do that. I found out that, uh, that one God idea is way, be- is way better than 100 good ideas. And if we will conduct our lives that way and stop just looking for the best idea and start looking for the God idea, we'll be way better off. 
And sometimes we, we, we default to what's okay because we don't take the time. We don't want to take the time. Anybody relate to that? We don't want to take the time to really get the God answer, to get his direction. And people jump ship before they're, you know, they're supposed to. They get out of their place, and then you get out of your place. You know, you get out of your grace. And, and people do these things. Hey, this is a good idea. This, this is a nice idea over here. But, but wait a minute. Was it God? Yeah, it might be good. It might not be sinful or bad. It might be, have some logic to it. But is it God? Did God speak to you? And, uh, and I know sometimes he, he speaks quick, and sometimes he doesn't. Isn't that annoying? I mean, I've had many times, I've had times in services standing right here where I don't know what to do and I pray and get an instant answer. Instant! And it's totally God and I know what to do. It's so cool. And then other times I'm praying. I don't seem to get anything. It just doesn't come that fast. I don't really like that, but it is what it is. I don't get to be God. I get to listen. But if you don't get it right away, take time. Don't make a decision. Well, the opportunity is there. The window is closing. Who says? God is the maker of windows. He is the creator of opportunities. Amen. Praise God. Everybody okay? Did you, did you find that verse I wanted you to find? All right, I'm not going to preach. I'm, uh, you remember when uh, Jesus ministered to that woman at the well, the Samaritan woman who had all the husbands and yada, 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 and living water, and that's in John 4. After that, um, verse 30, then they went out of the city and came to him. In the meantime, his disciples urged him, saying, Rabbi, eat. How many never have that problem where someone has to tell you to eat? (laughs) Usually I need someone to tell me, stop eating. Anyway, Jesus apparently needed to eat. Uh, But he said to them, I have food to eat of which you do not know. Therefore, the disciples said to one another, has someone brought him anything to eat? Does he have a taco in there in his... Jesus said to them, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Jesus seemed to use everything as an opportunity to teach a spiritual principle. (laughs) Lord, we're talking about tacos here. (laughs) You need some food. Now, let me tell you something about food. You think you need food to survive, you need food to live, to sustain you and give you strength. Let me tell you where I get my sustenance. Let me tell you what drives me, what sustains me, what strengthens me. I live to do the will of God. That's what sustains me. That's the food that I consume, that I eat. And I tell you, if we can adjust our mentality to be that, because he's our model, He's the highest example, the best example for any of us. We look at this and we should say, mm, shift. I need to draw my strength and sustenance off the will of God. I need to live to do his will, not just 
to consume natural things. The source of my life and strength and satisfaction is not found even in food or material things. It's found in doing the will of God. I could have the best meal, the best prime whatever, most expensive, highest quality food in life and suffer lack if I'm not in the middle of God's will for my life. That's what sustains me. And some of you, by the way, you do eat well and, not, and don't feel satisfied. What's, what do I need? I just need to check my diet. Blah. People too, put too much emphasis on their diet. The, so, the, so, the, the full encompaniment of our lives and what we're all about is not found in physical health alone. It is found in the will of God. And sometimes we have good nutrition. We have good rest patterns. We have good things like that going on and there's still something lacking. And that is maybe we're looking to those things to sustain or fulfill us, and we should be saying, Lord, what do you want me to do with my life? Lord, what's your plan for my life? Is there anything you want me to be doing? Because when we find our joy and our, our food is that, we've entered into something that most people are never walking in. Amen? Five, uh, chapter 5, notice verse 19. Then Jesus said to them, most assuredly, I say to you, the son can do nothing of himself, but what he sees the father do, for whatever he does, the son also does in like manner. Isn't that interesting that someone like Jesus would say that, that, that the son, that he said, I, can, I can't do anything of myself. He was so dependent on, in unity with the father, he said, I can't do anything without him. If he couldn't do anything without him, what do you think we're going to get done? If Jesus, Mr. Sinless, love in the flesh, full of power, and he says, I can't do anything, nope, without the Father, but whatever he shows me, that's what I can do. If he had to do that, and here we're smarter than him, right? We're more advanced because we have, we have smartphones. We have the internet. And now we can do, no, come on. That's why, we're, that's why we settle for often less because we rely upon this kind of stuff. And Jesus said, I can't even do anything. If I don't get it from the Father, I can't do anything. Why don't we say that together? Say, I need, I need the, Father's the Father's guidance. I need, I need him, to me him to show me what I should do. What I should do. Then... And then only, and then only will, I will I succeed. Look at verse 30. He says something similar. I can, do no, I can of myself do nothing. As I hear, I judge, and my judgment is righteous because I do not seek my own, but the will of the Father who sent me. So how, you can see the selfless nature of Jesus. And when we live not for ourselves, but for his will, then we can say, I can't do anything of myself, but whatever he shows me, I can do that. Again, 
I just emphasize, if Jesus is saying that, we ought to be saying that. Don't just stop with, I can do nothing. (laughs) But without him, I can do nothing. But with him, I can do all things. But definitely always tie your life, your future, your fulfillment, your ability to overcome, your ability to, to prosper in life, to succeed, to have victory, to do the will of God, anything. Tie it all to your dependence on him. Amen. And be mindful of that every day. I need your guidance. I need your leading. I need those gifts of the Spirit. If Jesus had them, Jesus had them. Why did he have them? Because he needed them to fully do the will of God. And you need them. So, well, I'm not a preacher. I know, but you need them in business, and you need them in life, and you need them with kids, and you need them with money, and you need them. Yeah, we, need, we all, the gifts of the Holy Spirit are not just for church. They're not just for preachers. They're, they're for life. Amen. Pastor Bill would tell us stories now, before he was in, in, in ministry, and he was doing his police stuff. You weren't insecure, though, were you? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> He was doing his police stuff, and he was. He, you, maybe you've, heard, maybe you've told stories up here. I don't really recall uh, how he'd go into certain police work, and he would. He didn't know it at the time, but he was having words of knowledge and words of wisdom while he was doing his police work, and he would call it a hunch or something. I had a hunch, and you know where the bad guy was and stuff, and and different things that were happening that he couldn't naturally know, and the Lord was was revealing to him to help him to be a good uh, police officer and do a good job. And so for us to, th- to think that the spiritual things are limited to church in this environment is totally wrong. He's everywhere and involved in everyone's life, not just preachers, whatever you do. Amen? So believe that. Believe that today. Believe that you need him, that you're reliant upon his guidance in your life. Believe that and then expect it and put yourself out in a position. Say, Lord, I'm going out to do whatever I'm going to do today. I'm doing th- things that I do. And I'm looking to you to help me, to reveal things to me. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Why don't we stand up together?